You shouldn't have any secrets from me. I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Maybe I'll change my mind. Don't talk like that. What do you mean? What do you think? Women change their minds all the time. <laughs> you must be kidding, aren't you? Look, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go upstairs and wash up and go to bed. How dare you talk to me like that? You should tell me everything. I can't talk right now. Why, Lisa? Why, Lisa? Please talk to me, please. You're part of my life. You are everything. I could not go on without you, Lisa. You're scaring me. You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. This is the Backseat Directors Podcast, and I'm your host, Andre Hutchins. You are listening to episode 47. So happy to have all of you here with me today. On today's show, I am guest hosted by Sam Cooley, friend of a friend, mutual friend, and Sam wanted to be on the podcast. And so he's going to be on the podcast, and he's going to review today's movie with me. Um, So just like Sam, if you guys are interested in becoming a Backseat Director and hopping on the Backseat Directors Podcast, just let me know. Follow us on social media, reach out to me, send me a message, and we'll have you on. So uh, let's go ahead and just get things going. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Andre. Excited to be here. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you. I mean, it's been... It's been, I know it's been at least a couple months since you reached out to been me on Instagram. Yeah. And everything. yeah, no, it's, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad it worked out. And a movie that I like am actually passionate about, too. I mean, it was a, it was a good fit. So. No, I, I'm, I'm really happy you also suggested it just because the its release date and all the other movies that have come out and are coming out, like Star Wars, also this week. I wasn't quite sure if I was going to go see this movie. So yeah. when you said, let's do the podcast on this one, I was like, okay, I'll go see uh-huh. it. And I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you did. But um, So yeah, so uh, we have mutual friends, and yeah. I guess they suggested you reach out to me and say, hey. Yeah, it's kind of a unorthodox. I haven't really done reviews before, but I mean, you know, I'd gotten confident enough with it, like talking with coworkers and friends that, you know, enough to get referred to you. And, look into it so yeah hopefully. well good man welcome I'm, I'm serious i'm really happy that you're here and you're doing me a big favor anyway on coming this late <laughs> well, <laughs> it's nine o'clock on a monday night so. whatever <laughs> all good all right man so um um yeah so first things first you ready for some uh, get to know you questions yeah absolutely now it's time for some get to know you questions question number one sam what is your desert island movie Okay, so um, I was considering this, trying to think of like um, what's like the most rewatchable. Like, if I'm on a desert island alone, I'm probably gonna want like a feel good movie, so I don't get depressed. And uh, that's that's okay. logical, you know, Very logical. Like, am I alone or am I with people? Because if I'm alone, like, 
I do not want some sad moments, but like <laughs> probably Shawshank Redemption. Like I could watch that movie every couple of months and nice. not get tired of it. Um, uh, so that that like came to my head first, and it just makes you feel so good. Like by the end of it, it takes you on a journey, and you're just I don't know. I'm so happy after I watch it. So yeah, no, yeah it was cool. It's I mean it's it's not it's not like for a lot of the movie it's not like a feel good no movie, yeah that's, you know but but the yeah. ending the ending is incredibly sure. like rewarding just incredibly yeah. rewarding well I, that's why i say like i was conflicted between that and then just like the most feel good feel good movie which would <laughs> probably be moana uh, yeah probably like moana or like you know some cartoon and then i thought of like fundamentals of caring have you ever seen that it's no a Netflix I original uh-uh. like you always think it's gonna like dip down into this sad side plot or like the conflict is revealed but it tricks you and it's just like nope this is a feel-good movie the whole time like yeah, yeah. buckle up you're just gonna have fun the whole time so well, that's i'll have to movie. add that one to our my our watch list queue yeah. and and check it out but no shawshank yeah. redemption is i i believe it's overall shawshank. it's um um I think it's the highest rated movie on IMDb. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's it's like close to a 10, 10 out of 10, with like hundreds sounds, of thousands of, of users. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Question number two. What is your favorite movie theater snack? Okay. So probably Milk Duds. Like, I don't know. You're in a movie long enough that you don't care about it getting stuck in your teeth. <laughs> you can just so you can just figure it out while you're watching and stuff, but... Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, all you do is you pop three in your mouth and you're good because yeah. they're gonna get stuck everywhere. It lasts you the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. So. No, good answer, man. Milk duds. That's that's a common answer. I think we've had at least at least five people say milk duds on the podcast. Right. So that's good. Cool. Okay, question number three, Sam. What was the first movie that made you cry? Now, if you can't remember, you can tell me what was the last movie that made you cry. Yeah, so I think probably like Forrest Gump, as far as I can remember. And I, oh, really? I don't remember specifically when, though. So okay. Like, uh, I mean, current latest, I mean, is probably Schindler's List. I Ooh. watched that for the first time like a year ago or something. And I mean, I was bawling. It was, yeah. That's powerful. Dude, I haven't, I haven't seen Schindler's List in... I mean, the last time I probably watched it was probably in high school. It's been a while. Yeah. It's it's been a while. It's worth. It's worth. I mean, it's it's so sad and hard to watch. But yeah. Like, I mean, there's this part with Liam Neeson is in it, and like, he has an emotional breakdown, and you just feel for him, and it's it's pretty good. Like, yeah, you're just right there with him, and it's emotional after yeah. you see all of this terrible stuff happen. Just yeah. Like, you get to see the humanity in this person. That's, yeah just seen it all you know yeah, yeah so well, okay well going back to your first answer on um forrest gump yeah. is there a certain moment or certain yeah. scene that got to you so i think of that because i think that's the first time i saw my dad cry oh really and i'm sure i was crying too and it was just when like forrest is like looking at the grave of jenny and sorry spoiler and uh <laughs> hey, well yeah i mean hey th- this movie this movie is old enough and hopefully people have seen it yeah by now. <laughs> he like oh man he's just he's just crying and telling jenny that he's looking after their son and my dad was crying i've never seen that before and yeah i might have been just my dad that made me cry but yeah i mean the movies yeah that part's emotional it's good yeah all right all right okay question number four sam uh do you have a favorite director and or actor yeah so i didn't really start paying attention to directors till like within probably the last couple years like i started realizing yeah 
you know, a lot of times good movies are good because they come from good directors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I start, I started to get into that and really like, like the most powerful duo I've seen. And like, I would say they're both my favorites is probably Paul Thomas Anderson and, and uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Like, oh man, there will be blood is the most fascinating, like, I don't know. It's it's such a good movie about almost nothing, you know. <laughs> but it's so good, and yeah, they they're both really powerful in what they do. So, oh, are you excited? Are you excited for uh, yeah, the Phantom Thread, Phantam Thread coming out? This yeah, month? yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm keeping track of it and whatnot, and I mean, the reviews look like they're going to be good. I mean, apparently, it's his last movie. Yeah, it's I know, like right? He's retired after this movie. He's done. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis. And I've heard different people say like, oh yeah, we'll see. But I mean. I could see if he got an Oscar for this one. I mean, yeah, he'd probably go out. With I mean, he does. He that. plays in a movie like every five or six years. Yeah, yeah. It's like in five or six years, he might change his mind. So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, why not? But good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good deal. Good deal. Okay, last question, Sam. If you could change the ending of any movie, which would it be, and how would you change it? And if there's a spoiler, let the listeners know. Cool. Yeah. Um. So this was like 2012, t- Toy Story three. So if you haven't seen it, that's that's kind of it's kind of weird but you know you know get out there and see it this is a spoiler if you want to skip it though like at the end you know this whole journey is about like you know this first and second movie is all about like how they're going to be together no matter what that's right. the first movie don't right. worry the toys are going to be together no matter what second movie's like don't worry like Andy Andy we're just going to be there for Andy no matter what right so like i don't know the fact that like the end is Andy giving his toys to like a stranger right and you kind of get to know the girl and it's like it's sweet and she is a total stranger yeah it wasn't like giving it to like a younger sibling or yeah something like that. and you're yeah. given all these like a lot of these toys are like she had stuffed animals before and you're giving them like a cowboy and a and a superhero like <laughs> yeah or a astronaut yeah um but like i just thought wouldn't it be so i mean i would have cried so hard and would have been such a powerful and powerful ending if it's like they all get back. Andy puts them in a box and puts them up in the attic and leaves them there to go off to college and whatnot. And, like, you know, it's, like, ten years later. And, like, the, the but the toys are doing fine because they, like, made their own amusement park and, like, whatever. <laughs> and they're just hanging out in this big old box. And they're fine because they're all together. It's already established that they just need each other and it's fine. And then all of a sudden, like, the box gets pulled out. And the tape comes off and it opens. And it's Andy's face. And he's just, like come over here to like whatever his kid's name is and the kid comes over and looks in there and just goes wow and then it ends you know oh my gosh man oh man are you kidding it has me shivers right now have you emailed pixar yet about this why haven't you told i wish i i think i thought of it pretty early on and like i i could have maybe let them know and then by the time it came out on dvd they could have that alternate ending dude that is that that is i don't know Hey man, out of all the guests that I've had on here that have told me like their alternate endings of a movie that they would change, this is by far, Sam, the best one <laughs> I've ever heard. That is, that that is, is beautiful, honor. man. That is an honor. I'm touched. I'm seriously, I'm yeah. touched, man. That's beautiful. Dude, it's a Pixar ending. It's like Monster Zinc with, uh, you know, Sully when he opens up the door and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it just, oh, it's good. So, um, you know, Toy Story 3 is widely regarded as the best of the three. And, yeah, and I don't know. It's and my favorite is the first. My favorite has always been the first. My mm-hmm. wife, she loves the second. The second one is her favorite. But um, 
Dude, that that is incredible, man. Kudos. Dude, I, yeah, third's not my favorite, but I wonder if it had that ending. I mean, which is pretty self-serving because I came up with it, you know. But I mean, still, but had that ending, could have been could have been my favorite. Dude, I'm gonna have you write that down. I'm serious. Okay. I'm gonna have you write that down. We're gonna share this. We're gonna start circulating on social okay. media. Sam Cooley is gonna get credit where credit is due. That's fascinating, man. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, Excellent answer, dude. That's great. Thanks. No, I'm serious. I'm impressed. That's really good. Um, man, I, I mean, I was just like imagining it as you were like explaining like, you know, him opening the box and like giving it to his kid. Like, I've had some incredible. practice. I've presented it to a few people. That's incredible. Well done. Well done, Sam. All right, man. Okay. Well, that's the end of our guest questions. Awesome answer, Sam. Um, honestly, man, that was great. That was really good. Okay, let's go ahead and introduce this week's movie. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. And this week's movie review is going to be on The Disaster Artist. Movie details. Based off of the book with the same name, The Disaster Artist is the story of the greatest, worst movie ever made called The Room. Greg Sestero, a young aspiring actor from San Francisco, is befriended by another aspiring actor in Tommy Wiseau. Their unique friendship is only bolstered by Tommy's secretive life and his eccentric character. Greg and Tommy make a promise to each other to help and support one another as they pursue their Hollywood dreams. When neither of them are able to catch a break, Tommy decides to take matters into his own hands and to make their own movie, written, directed, and starred by Tommy Wiseau. The Disaster Artist was released in U.S. theaters on December 8, 2017, and it has a running time of 1 hour and 44 minutes. The movie is rated R for language throughout and some sexuality and nudity. So KidsInMind.com has yet to release their parental ratings on this film, um, but if any of you are worried about the content of this movie, the one scene viewers should be aware of is, <laughs> and, and it's, I mean, I don't mean to downplay anything about within the movie, but it is, it's a very heartfelt and funny scene, actually, but it is when James Franco is nude while filming a sex scene. He is seen with no clothes on from the back uh, and some type of cl- uh, cloth or clothing or something that is covering the front. Um, so you will see his behind. The scene is somewhat prolonged as we see the film crew of the movie get upset at Tommy, and Tommy responds in kind, uh, becoming angry and upset at the film crew. So the movie stars James Franco as Tommy Wiseau, Dave Franco as Greg Sestero, with smaller character roles given to Seth Rogen, Zac Efron, Josh Hutcherson from The Hunger Games, and Megan Mullally. James Franco is the star of this movie, no doubt. He is expected to be nominated for an Oscar as a male lead for his performance in The Disaster Artist. Now, for those of you who have seen The Room, James is almost indistinguishable from Tommy Wiseau. It's incredible. And true to The Room, The Disaster Artist is also directed by James Franco. Franco has directed numerous movies, many short films and indie films, and currently Franco has four movies in post-production, all set to debut in 2018. The Disaster Artist had an estimated production budget of $10 million, and on the opening weekend in the United States, uh, the movie topped $1.2 million, and since then it has made almost $8 million here domestically. 
The film has been very well received critically and by many moviegoers as well. I believe it's getting an 87% approval rating by moviegoers on Rotten Tomatoes. And I honestly only expect the movie to gain momentum as the word continues to spread. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to the movie review. Backseat Directors Movie Review. Okay, Sam, ready for the movie review? Yes, sir. All right. So one tell ready. me, tell me, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, before we started recording, you were telling me that you read you read the book because the Disaster yeah. Artist is based off the memoir of Greg Sestero. So, so yeah, um, it all. I mean, for me, it like started with seeing like ridiculous moments from the room, the original movie that the this movie is based off. It's ba- Disaster Artist is based off the making of of the room. this movie that's right. considered the worst movie of all time. Yeah, but the most rewatchable and like best worst movie mm-hmm. um i saw like scenes of it on youtube and just thought this is so ridiculous and funny and then from there i watched the movie and then i found out that there was a book about it and uh the co-star in the original bad movie is greg sestero he wrote the book disaster right. artist and uh yeah i read it a while back and it was it's such a powerful lesson on like i'd say like friendship and like how we define success and like it's really powerful, and it, it was a bestseller, um, and then, you know, obviously got enough traction that James Franco wanted to do a passion project with it, you know? So, and then here we are. <laughs> so, I, I mean, so you obviously enjoyed the book. Yeah, I loved it. Is the, Would you recommend the book to listeners who are sure. maybe interested in the story? Um, I went into the movie so excited to see, like, really? moments, moments visualized yeah. that I had in my head, and, like... Yeah, so it's really cool. I think if you already seen the movie, you know, you can make the decision for yourself. But yeah. I mean, especially if you haven't, like, it, it's a great way to prepare for it and yeah. like, to get excited about the movie because it's just, it's such a good book. Yeah. So I had never seen The Room uh-huh. um, until just a couple days ago. And so, I, you know, when The Disaster Artist was announced and the first trailer dropped, yeah, and just online and like Twitter and social media, people were starting <laughs> to like, get really excited about it i i didn't know what yeah you know what, what all the you know the excitement was about i i didn't know that there was this cult following of the room yeah. and you know so as the date got closer and closer i started you know doing more research about it and then i started watching clips of the room and then finally <laughs> i watched the movie this past weekend and i you know i i i mean it, it was it was a movie that, um, and I know this is a movie review on the Disaster Artist, but I, I'm, you know, I want to express my feelings on what I thought about the room since this is yeah, based on yeah. the room, and uh, I, I just, my first thought was, how did Tommy was so convince all these people to make this movie with yeah. him? You know, how how and how people who were aspiring actors, how did he convince them to be a part of this project? Uh-huh. That, that was the one thing I wanted to know. And you, and you learned that in the disaster artist. So, and so I'm really happy that it shows this just incredible undertaking from a total amateur. Yeah. Oh a yeah. Total. Socially inept. Yes. <laughs> borderline. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not even borderline. Yeah. <laughs> but like, can't even interact with people and he's going to do something like this, you know, like, yeah. So, okay, so let me ask you this. And I was talking to my wife uh, about this before you came over was um, you saw The Room before you saw The Disaster Artist, and so did I. Mm-hmm. I saw an interview uh, that James Franco did earlier just promoting the movie, and they asked him in the interview, do you think 
people should see the room before they see your movie, The Disaster Artist. Yeah. And he said no. He said no because you will still be able to appreciate the movie and the story without seeing the room and maybe mm-hmm. even seeing The Disaster Artist would encourage you to see the room. Yeah. So what what do you think our listeners should do if they haven't seen the room yet? What which order would you say they should maybe see these in? Um, I would probably I, I think you appreciate moments near the beginning of the movie. Like it like in the disaster artist they present a lot of the room, like scenes from the room mm-hmm. in the exact in the actual movie. Right. But there is some context like that you won't get without the room a little bit. Like near the beginning. Um like James Franco picks up uh, uh, Dave Franco, who plays the co-star. So yeah, Tommy Wiseau, the zany guy with the long black hair, picks up uh, picks up Greg and says, "You know, get in the car and bring the football. Bring football." Right. You know <laughs> that was so funny, and everybody in the theater erupted in laughter because yeah. the room has these weird scenes where they're just playing football random. for no reason. Totally random. Yes. So like like there are like I mean. It's probably not too big of a deal, but you're going to miss like a couple of moments maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I felt personally that I definitely appreciated those moments. And that's, ex- and that's my same opinion is that there are scenes in the movie that you will, that it will make you smile mm-hmm. and you will go, Oh, okay. If you yeah. had seen the room before, but I think, I think, I think if you haven't seen the room, I think it's yeah. okay to see Overall. the disaster artist. I think what it will do though, if I, I think it will encourage people to go see yeah. the room. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, I just, oh, man. So, okay, so you just saw this movie recently on Friday? So yeah. Just a few days uh, ago? Well, saw it opening night on Thursday, and then my buddy wasn't doing anything Friday, so I saw it with him. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, I, I haven't gone to a lot of movies opening night, uh-huh. but you could totally tell that everybody in there was, were, were diehard, you know? Like, yeah. had, had probably been doing the same things as me, like, watched the room a long time ago, yep. read the book. Yeah. Cause you know, there was just this energy, like everybody was just ready to be impressed or to laugh. Like they knew what it was all about. Like, right. Yeah. So it was a cool, it was a cool movie watching experience, which I'm sure, I'm sure is similar in any, any movie with this much hype. But. Well, but see that, so that's the thing though. So I, you know, people who listen to this podcast, it's, it's gonna It's a mix. Uh, you know, I've got, you know, a lot of family friends that listen who are, I, you know, I wouldn't classify them as cinephiles. You know, they're not uh-huh. hardcore movie fans. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, you know, just more casual moviegoers, people that go maybe once or twice a month. And then I've yeah. got some that, you know, that watch movies as a hobby. You know, they love watching movies, uh-huh. so they're going to be more familiar with this. But um, my, it, it, just seeing the movie tonight, there was an energy in the theater cool. and there were so many people just laughing and just you could tell that people were just enjoying witnessing yeah. what they were seeing portrayed on the screen so i mean so i think i guess it's safe to say that you like the movie yeah oh yeah i loved it um i think it was i i as like a i tried to go in there as like a passive viewer mm-hmm. and and almost i was ready to criticize it because i like the book so much so i was oh, ready for yeah. james well, it, not to get it completely right you know? well yeah and and i i wouldn't blame you just because i mean any movie based off a book i mean 99 percent of you know those books are going to be yeah. especially if a person read the book before they see the movie i think a lot of people it, it's just safe to say that they're going to enjoy the book more yeah you know so yeah so your your level of expectation is probably pretty high yeah i think um i think overall though like uh i mean it caught the gist of why i love the book very accurately like, yeah 
I mean, it, it all came down to, for me, like, um, like how do we define friendship and success? Yeah. And I mean, there's some touching moments where you're just like, and, and James Franco mentioned this, that he had, he was going to have like writers for it, like comedians or, um, you know, uh, it's kind of a comedy and a drama almost, you know? Right. Right. But, a uh, dramedy. <laughs> he, he of all things. Yeah. He of all things decided to go with, uh, the writers of like, the fault in our stars and like oh, 300 days of summer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Which that's he, fascinating. Yeah. He, he, um, and when you think of that, I mean, the, like, those, okay, those that are, those are young adult love stories. Yeah. I mean, it's weird at first, but then you think, why not get writers that can capture moments of emotion in like a realistic way. And especially with this, you're, you're, you're tackling a bromance and like, you know, you can't overdo it or else it's weird, you know, like, cause it's not what they're going for. They're not going for a romantic movie, but they capture emotional moments really well. But the more you explain the... it, though, the more it makes sense, especially yeah. because, you know, when you first meet Greg, Greg is a teenager. He's 19, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's just a kid probably out of high school who wants to be an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, and he when he meets Tommy, you know, we don't know how old Tommy is, but I don't want to say intellectually. I, maybe socially is the right word. His his social skills are more of a teenager, you yeah. know? Oh, and yeah. so, so it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, you know, that you would get writers from young adult movies, uh-huh. you know, to do something like that. No, that's Capture great. No, that, I, yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out because, um, it, you know, one of the things that, that really fascinated me about the Tommy was so character and, and I loved, Oh my gosh, man, James Franco was incredible. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So incredible. But it, what you learn about Tommy is that um, he he's an awkward person. He's definitely an introvert. Mm-hmm. You know, he he doesn't have many friends, but the friends he does, he, he does keep are, you know, he considers, you know, like family almost. Yeah. Right. But he there is a complexity to Tommy Wiseau that that you just you will never understand or never begin to even see until you start to get to know him or like the other people begin to work with Mm -hmm. him, you know, where, where there's this level of depth to his, you know, the way he views life and the way he views people, the way he views humans, you know, there are parts in the movie where he's like, it's real human emotion, you know? Yeah. He's really trying. He's really trying to get people to see that. Right. Like, yeah, he understands it, but in his own way, you know, and, but he expresses it so awkwardly. So it was just fun to watch. Yeah. But, Okay, so yeah. let's well, let's talk about. You said your expectations were high because you you enjoyed the book yeah. so much. So let's talk about some of the things that maybe you didn't like about the movie. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I I mean, and a lot of this, I I want to you know uh, trying to appeal to viewers. Like, you you compared a movie to a movie you don't like, but I'm comparing the movie to the book almost. So right. I'll try right. to I'll try to stay away from that a bit. But like, I mean, just to get it out of the way. There were um, things from the book that suggested that it was a lot more subtle, like the relationship between Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero okay. was a lot more awkward. And I mean, you get to see that a lot, like how awkward it is and how uncomfortable Greg is throughout the movie. But I think almost because it might have been because Dave Franco played the co-star and James played the leading guy. Right. And then being brothers. Yeah. Then being yeah. brothers. Um, there was maybe a little bit too much chemistry. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still so enjoyable. Excuse me. But um, I would just say there were, like, points in the book that make it, um, in spite of the awkwardness, in spite of everything, Greg 
stands by Tommy because he appreciates everything that he's done for him. Yeah. Tommy does bunch for him. Like the has him come down with him to Los Angeles and lives in his apartment and right. makes it possible for Greg to get anywhere with right. acting, which isn't too far. Right. And then ultimately, you know, has him a co-star in this movie. Right. That ends up being, um, you know, career defining. And now people <laughs> know who Greg Sestero is and he wrote a best-selling book, you know? But, um, I mean, in those, those things, those like developments of like, of um relationships is a bit more subtle in the book and i think i can appreciate it more in the book but the movie doesn't have a narrator you know like it's uh there's no narration which greg narrates everything in the book and so you kind of gotta i could see how they had to like exaggerate moments to really get you inside right you know, the character's heads rather than just having greg spell it out for you but right yeah i mean yeah you're and you're gonna you're gonna find that in like any movie, but yeah. So it was a bit dramatized a little bit, but like Greg didn't even want to be in the movie at all. Well, yeah, and, because at, at, by the time that they that Tommy is done writing the script, uh-huh. you know, it, it, it's it's almost as if Greg was surprised that he he actually did it. Yeah, and, you know, that he actually followed through with what he was working on. Yeah, and he's like, oh my gosh, wait, which I think is, he was. This yeah. is real. Like this is. You actually want to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought, I guess I thought the movie was going to be it was going to be Tommy focused, yeah. Where where the and and I guess it makes sense because it's based off of Greg's, Greg's experiences book. Yeah. It's his book and it's his version of the story. Mm-hmm. But and so but it is it's Greg's journey. So you, and Tommy is a part of it. That's the way that I viewed the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so definitely like, you know, people who are listening to this and like, they want to go see it. Like you're, it, it is, it is Tommy's journey and you get to see, or I mean, it, it it's Greg's journey and Tommy is a part mm-hmm. of this, but yeah, I mean, Greg is this, he is this main character of, of the yeah. movie. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, I guess to relate it to like, yeah, just an audience that hasn't read the book, I would just say the, a, a weak thing would just be. I wish that James Franco and Dave Franco weren't the two lead actors in it. I think it would have been nicer to have like this more foreign feel, like awkwardness to each other, like uh, rather than. You yeah, know, Greg. Greg warmed up to Tommy kind of really broken. quick oh, in yeah. the movie. Really quick, like in which in, is in the book as well. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, because what you'll see, you'll see in the beginning is when they they meet, you know, and even though Tommy is extremely yeah. secretive of his, you know, of his identity, where he's from, <laughs> how much money he makes, yeah. how he lives in the places that he lives, why he drives a Mercedes. You know, he, he doesn't want Greg asking him any of these questions. And Greg is like, Oh yeah, no, that's totally mm-hmm. fine. Like he was totally cool with it. And when they, yeah. you know, when Tommy invites him to move to LA with him, you know, it, there were no, at least in the movie, there no there's no hangups. Yeah. Exactly. Everything is cool. Yeah. There, there were definitely hangups in the book. Like he didn't want to do the room, Greg, when he got offered the role and it took like a week or two weeks of pondering this huge, uh, like, I mean, I, Tom, Tommy offered this big salary for it, especially really? Greg. Did, in the book, does assistant. it say how much Greg made? Um, I don't think he said how much, but I mean, Ooh. he said it was insane. Like it, didn't make any sense so it's just like he couldn't turn it down (laughs) just one of those tommy just can just throw away money i guess like that's so much and offered to buy him a car as well really and like but it still took him two weeks of like battling it out with his girlfriend and like oh because his girlfriend didn't want him to do it yeah decide yeah yeah, she didn't and like 
deciding whether this would ruin his career that really hadn't started yet but you know i mean right he, he battled through this before he finally decided okay tommy i'll do it and right and in the movie it's like of course man yeah i'll be right there right beside you right and, right and we'll do it together and i mean in in it overall it, it like emphasizes on the things that are suggested in the book yeah um and i think it makes for a fun viewing experience it's just if you want to get some more like um organic and just genuine interaction that's just really unlike anything you've ever seen right and you've only thought about with like that awkward friend in high school where you don't really want to be their friend but they're so good to you and like and like you appreciate that so much like that's what the book captures okay yeah so so for me the things the things that i i i thoroughly enjoyed this movie and so i don't have too many critiques the things that i i guess i want to critique the movie on though is i there were certain parts of the story that i wanted to see more of and so Uh um and and i don't know if the book captures this uh, somewhere where the movie doesn't but you know they they moved to la and at least for greg greg has nothing greg Mm -hmm. greg is totally dependent on tommy you know he lives in his place and so you know and tommy is this aspiring actor just like thousands upon thousands of other people in la um but I, i don't see a real struggle in greg's life in LA you know mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really capture I mean it shows him like yeah like you know he he goes out and he finds an agent but his agent doesn't like it back to him yeah you know? and so like I, I don't see a true struggle with Greg's situation and you know what what was going on in his life and yeah you know maybe how desperate things have become you know I mean because eventually like you know yeah you learn that nothing has really happened for him but it, it, they're just there never was a true struggle and mm-hmm. so Again, I don't know if the book captures that, but that's something yeah. that I wanted to see more of and for Greg's story. You know, because at least Tommy, you know Tommy. Tommy, his struggle is to just do what he wants to do and to have the courage to do it, right? And mm-hmm. so you'll see, and it's played out, and it's told very well. But his struggle, he, he has money. We don't know how he has money. But, like, you know, Greg, Greg is a teenage kid that lives in LA with no family, no friends, you know? And so I, I just, I wanted to see more of his struggle. Yeah. And then at the end, I think the ending of the movie had, I think it was a good ending. I really do. And I think, I think it played out very well. And I like, obviously those, you know, the post-credit scenes where Uh you see the side by sides and that's, that was fantastic. I'm glad they did that. But I was also very interested to see more of the fallout of, you know, what, what happened after. And so I don't know if the book touches on that either. Um, but yeah, I did, that was something, and maybe I'll just do that in my own research, but like, I, I just, I really want to know more of, you know, so it said, yeah, it made only $1,800 and it cost $6 million yeah, to make. at least 6 million, you yeah. know? <laughs> and, and so, you know, but I just, I wanted to like, is, is Tommy making more movies? You know, what is he doing? Yeah. What did he do after this? Like, what, you know, like, so that, that's, and again, you know, maybe that's not necessary part of the movie for me personally, though, that's, I wanted to yeah. see more of that. So for sure. Yeah, and then, I mean the book ends earlier than the movie. Like, oh, does it? Really? Yeah, it says um, there's this really touching part at the end, um, where like Greg just shows a lot of support to Tommy, and um, that might be a spoiler, but uh, I mean in the book, the 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 book ends right when the movie starts, right when they're 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 at the premiere of the room together, and they're right. all sitting in uh, this theater, and Tommy, I mean Tommy's sitting like a couple rows from from greg they're not sitting right next to each other which is like the billboard is you know dave franco and tommy Aaron, uh, james franco sitting right next to each other 
but they're sitting in separate spots, and Dave's just trying to look at at um, uh, sorry, sorry, Greg's just trying to look at Tommy's reaction and how he's feeling and whatnot, and then it just goes black because the movie's about to start, and that's when it ends, you know? Right. So really, I think it, I think it, uh, it really does. I mean, you ha- you might have to do your own research with that, which. Yeah. I mean, I could go on. I, I've, I've done some research about it, but this might not be the purpose of, of the podcast. But, like, yeah, you can find out a lot about, like, where, it, like, the stats of where it's headed and how it got successful and what ways and um, where it's at now. And yeah. Tommy and Greg's careers and whatever. Yeah. Now, am I am I saying Tommy's last name right? How do you pronounce it? I was saying was so. I, was, I've, I mean, I've heard Wiseau and Wiseau. Wiseau, but, I mean, it's a fake name anyways, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's made clear throughout the movie that really nobody knows what his name though. is. I love where it. He's from he's an enigma. He Tommy yeah. is a total enigma. It's That's so fascinating. Funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about our highlights. Tell me, okay. tell me some of the things you you just loved about the movie. Yeah. Um. So I really enjoyed. I think James Franco's performance is a big reason to go see it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. He really encapsulates just that awkward person dude it, it, it doesn't even he doesn't even look know. like james like no, he, doesn't he doesn't look like himself yeah he's got prosthetics for sure i mean he talked about yeah he he made it clear that he had prosthetics oh really time. oh okay yeah and i mean his hair is just so i mean you <laughs> see it side by side with the room and it's just this greasy just black weird vampire hair and like yeah it's just not james so it's it's really fun to see him playing somebody that's not charming that's not uh pretty or like easy to look at you know right. like right. james franco to do that I, I think it's really fun and i mean yeah and it's also fun to see him in a role this year like his last movie he was probably in it for like 30 seconds oh, in alien, alien covenant, covenant. <laughs> what a joke man what a joke <laughs> yeah, i had a hard time oh, with that movie yeah, but now he, that. Oh. he's directing it oh in in like on top of james franco's performance Getting to like uh, getting some behind the, the scenes information and, and going in there realizing that you know he's directing and acting in a movie about a weird guy that he's playing that directed and acted in his own movie <laughs> and and they're like I mean it sounds meta and it's even more meta when you find out that like he didn't break character a lot of the time when he was directing the disaster artist oh really yeah oh yeah so he was he was trying to be tommy yeah directing his own movie that I, he, he is said, awesome he said he didn't like it wasn't like you know like uh crazy method acting like uh, uh jim carrey and and he plays andy kaufman in, in a recent netflix movie and he goes yeah. crazy in his method acting experience yeah. james franco he said he's, he didn't do that but it was just like he just never dropped the accent and right. it kind of gave, he thought it might be fun for the actors to feel like what it would be like to actually be directed by Tommy Wiseau in a film so they could get into <sighs> character more, you know. So I'm just, I'm looking up, uh, I, I'm on uh, James Franco's IMDb page right here and I'm trying to, there was a movie, um, a movie I watched this year that he starred in. Um, it was about, uh, oh shoot, it, it was about um, a gay man uh in, oh, in yeah. the 90s I, I who... am michael i am michael yes yeah. thank you thank you um i i've i've really liked james franco uh-huh. you know from the moment i saw him in spider-man in like 2002 <laughs> or whenever that was like i just i've really enjoyed him oh and i actually i know he i i remembered him from uh, the tv show 
um, uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. remember that one? Uh-huh. So I saw I, that's the first time I remember ever seeing James Franco, and he was excellent in that. But yeah, and then Spider Man and things like that. So I've, I, he, you know, he's done many different roles. He's been pretty diverse in his acting career. Um, but then I saw I Am Michael this year, and I was blown away. I, I mm. thought he did an incredible job on that. And that was a movie that he he heard about the story and he wanted to do the movie. So he was the one that started the process of wow. of developing that movie just because he, he was so intrigued by the story itself. And uh, um, definitely anyone who hasn't seen that movie, I totally recommend that hey, movie. Michael. Yeah. Um, and then, but this, this, this has got to be a career performance yeah for james franco there's been like i know there's been some oscar buzz for a while so we'll see i was blown away i really was and he for me he stole the show i i really enjoyed dave franco i enjoyed his Uh performance in the movie he did and um but dude especially especially when you have seen the room and then they do the (laughs) side by sides i mean they are identical it was so good it was so good and that's why i say passion it's a passion project for uh james like he really like put (laughs) i mean every moment he could into becoming tommy wiseau he said he watched the movie more than once every day oh Um, that's awesome (laughs) like i mean probably once a day but you know sometimes twice or whatever but like just and like listen to these tapes yeah he found these tapes that tommy wiseau had never revealed to anyone, but he decided to give it to James Franco yeah. to for him to study yeah. becoming Tommy. Yeah. And it's just Tommy talking to himself in a car right. driving around. Right. So James was really able to become Tommy more than anybody else ever could. Right. Know? Right. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, so uh, um I, I really enjoyed I, I really enjoyed the supporting cast like Seth Rogan and things like that. I thought they did mm-hmm, it next fun. Just just to to create uh, um you know a, a realistic a depiction of what it would probably be like if you were on set if you were there yourself you'd be like who the heck is this guy yeah why is he so strange oh, like yeah. who is he like are we really doing this you yeah. know oh, yeah. and so seth rogan the other supporting actors i thought they did a great job of creating that very believable just awkward film <laughs> set yeah. you know and so totally and then also i i thought i thought the just the cinematography itself of creating a a 90s era like late 90s yeah. you know yeah uh, the music that they played you know <sighs> totally the, uh, it just it was good it was very good it was just like oh my gosh we're like back in the 90s so uh-huh. um yeah so those 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 are the things that i liked most about the movie so um all right man we're coming toward the end of the podcast uh one of the things that i like to do uh, just to kind of you know end about um Really, just because for me, for me, the number one thing that I I love about movies is storytelling. I, story is number one for me, so that is the one thing I always look out mm-hmm. for. And and I thought this had a great story. You've already touched on some of these points, but are what um, specific themes or messages did you take away from the disaster artist? Yeah, so I mean, I guess yeah, reiterating, this is a movie that will, at least for me, makes me think about friends in my life that were really awkward like i mean i think we've all had at least one where like you don't really know how to connect with them socially but you feel obligated to be their friend because you know maybe their moms your moms are friends or whatever it might be um this like tells you like this helps you to feel like friendship isn't all about like social um uh, relation like you know you, you don't have to relate to somebody socially 
to really love them as a person. Yeah. And um, in this movie, you get to see two completely different people on really different wavelengths yeah. um, grow to love each other because they're there for each other. Simply yeah. because they have each other's backs and they're willing to do just about anything for each other. And it's a really cool lesson in friendship, you know. And then success, um, I mean, I mean, really all it takes to be successful is to just not care and try <laughs> so hard and maybe be really, really rich, which James, which uh, Tommy Wiseau probably yeah, that, is. That helps a little. <laughs> but you see this guy who like had everything against him um, um, and he accidentally made a, a well-known like um, a well-known movie that has a cult following and is like iconic now, you know? Right. All because he was true to himself and he made a movie that was vulnerable and like yes. revealed what was yes. going on in his head. Yes. Like, I don't know. I thought that was cool. Redefining success and how yes. we know it, you know, dude, but, that, that yeah. is great. I, well said, well said. I, 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 lo- I love that you said that just because, um, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who are, are, just interested in pursuing something that they find, you know, intriguing and interesting to them, you know, something that brings them joy, their passion, you know, whatever it might be in whatever line of work, or if you're an entrepreneur or just someone who creates content and things like that, or yeah, if you're an aspiring actor, what will get people to be successful. And even if it's not how you envision success, mm-hmm. yeah, is, is to be yourself. And Tommy, Tommy Wiseau was himself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I loved I loved in the very beginning of the movie they're they're actually interviewing Hollywood actors, you know, real life actors yeah. about the yeah. room, right? And um, uh, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, um, you know, can you even think of you know what won Best Picture ten yeah. years ago? And no, I, I Adam Adam Scott, or, yeah, I don't know what won Best Picture two years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, like and so you know, but this movie this movie will live on. I mean, infamously, yes, it will, but like. It has survived two decades already, and it will continue. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, fascinating. So the one thing that I wanted to say, at least one of the big messages that I took away from this movie, is that um, throughout the movie, you will see Tommy reminding Greg of the promise that they made. Oh, cool. Yeah. And there comes a point within the movie, um, and I again, not to spoil anything, not to give anything away, there comes a point in the movie where Greg is faced with an incredibly difficult decision incredibly difficult something that that you know for him personally is extremely important or something that is extremely important to tommy you know and and promises that they made to each other right and so i think i think you know just looking back in my life and like when i think about there were points in my life where like i'm pressed with the decision on do i keep my word do i fulfill with something that you know i committed to that I maybe it's not convenient for me anymore. It's not easy for hmm. me anymore. It's not interesting for me anymore. But something that I committed to, you know that, and and you'll see how this plays out in the movie and how it will affect both of them as well. Um, but yeah, how how just you know how important it is to be true to our word, you know, and to follow through with commitments and promises, even if it's a pinky promise that you make to a super awkward friend that you <laughs> don't even realize why you're friends with this person, you know, and so. Um, but yeah, no, I great movie. There are tons of messages. You pointed out some excellent ones. And so let's go ahead and move on to the last segment of the podcast, and that is our recommendation. Our recommendation. Okay, Sam, for you, is it a go see it and maybe wait, or is it a no-go? 
yeah absolutely go see it like yeah it's so enjoyable uh you'll probably tear up and you'll definitely laugh uh yeah. like most of the movie yeah and uh yeah just actually getting an actor who's super weird as the lead actor and you just right. get to observe into his life is so entertaining <laughs> um so yeah go see it so good so um i i don't know if this is a movie that's going to appeal to everyone you know i think i think for people who are movie fans or movie buffs especially people who who know the room and have seen the room oh this is absolutely go see it mm-hmm. you know and that that is my personal recommendation so i i add to you, your recommendation I, mine is the same it is a go see it i know this is not going to appeal to everybody and that's yeah, okay it, it doesn't have to mm-hmm. but for people that can appreciate you know the dedication of an actor and someone who who is really at the top of their game right now um, and how they're able to portray someone so flawlessly, um, and and from a true story too. I I didn't know what to expect from the disaster artist. Like I said, I hadn't read the book, and I had just recently seen the room. I really didn't know what to expect, but I I had a great time. I laughed. I I felt the emotion of like their struggles, of Tommy's struggles, and when Tommy, you know, feels alone and betrayed. I've been betrayed, you know, yeah. like, like you feel, you feel it with him. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed this movie. So yeah, I'm going to give it a go see it as well. So yeah. All right, listeners. Yeah. We've reached the end of our podcast. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me be here. That's yeah. Well, I was, I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Excellent discussion. Excellent review. Um, listeners, thank you so much for listening to our review. Sam, if our listeners want to follow you on social media, if they just want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Yeah. Um, I'm on uh, uh, Instagram, smash underscore Kulaski 90 93 or no 93. And uh, you're just typing Sam Cooley. I'm Sam Cooley music on youtube i i uh, I do music and hopefully we'll be doing some more reviews of my own or whatnot i'll see what happens in the future but um yeah uh sam cooley on facebook very cool well sam thank thank you thank you again for being on the podcast appreciate it listeners uh go reach out to sam say hello um and yeah if you guys want to make sure that you stay up to date with the backseat directors podcast subscribe on itunes uh, google play podbean stitcher and any other podcast outlet and leave us a rating let us know what you think of the podcast i appreciate any and all reviews um highly recommend the five-star reviews but let us know what you think of the podcast um yeah and so thanks again for downloading today's episode and for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week at the movies the backseat director's theme song is let's go to the movies by ozo motley you can find the album ozo motley presents ozo kids and all of their other music on itunes Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. The time has come, uh, uh, so many different types of movies we can all choose from. There's action, adventure, animation, and comedy. There's sci-fi, and westerns, and classics, documentaries. Uh, So many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. So find your seat in the perfect row. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.